and welcome to another episode of Shout Out to Help Out. I'm your host, Steve Price, a father, a son, a brother, a sweary twat, a creative director and owner of Plan B Studio. I am joined tonight, of course, by my effervescent co-host, Stephanie Tyler. How are you, Stephanie? How's your week been? Brilliant. Very exciting. Okay, well, look, um, Shout Out to Help Out is here to help you, inspire you, perhaps motivate you. We'll share some stories from the creative industries, some insight, maybe some advice, talk nonsense, talk shit, talk shop. Shout Out to Help Out is for graduates entering the creative industries, unsure of where to start, for anyone employed in the creative sector worried about their job, or for anyone who's just struggling due to COVID-19. Tonight, we have a very special guest, a real life industry expert. Stephanie, pray tell who is joining us tonight for a shout out to help out. Well, we've rolled out the red carpet for tonight's guest, who is creative industry royalty, a writer, speaker, mentor, and copywriter chief. Please welcome to the show, the awesome force for good and all things copywriting, Vicky Ross. Hey. Hello. All right, guys. There she is. All right, guys. All right. Casual. Um, so where are you joining us from this evening? And how the COVID-19 hell are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at home, like everybody. We're in lockdown too. Um, I'm feeling it this week. I've had a good year. I'm generally positive and fine. And I've been really lucky to be really busy. Um, I'm just a bit... Oh God, I've gone all negative. But yeah, I was just a bit bored and, and needing some inspiration. So I actually took myself out this afternoon on a um, solo walk. I do a thing called Copy Safari, um, where I usually take industry friends out with me to look at copy in situ. Um, and so I went out by myself and did it. And I'm really glad I did, actually. It was cool. What are you laughing Copy Safari, at? that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, go in search of words in the wild. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying myself to not complain and moan. I'm really good at it. I mean, I've got a fucking PhD in it, so it's true. It's true. I have done a really good job of keeping myself positive and then being positive whenever I talk to anyone. So, yeah, that I think tonight catching me, I'm maybe being a bit more true to myself and to everyone else. And do you know what? That's fine because I think people like to hear that. You know. We're, yeah, we're all feeling it, right? I, I think I think it's actually quite important because it's. I think it's we we all probably I think to some degree put on a slightly different persona. Well, yeah, you say that about social media. So I'm always real. I have. I'm. I'm incapable of lying or pretending, which is probably why I spiraled into that whole bit of information just then. But I did a uh, an interview a couple of months ago and. Someone in the Q&A, you know, you type it. I don't know what I'm talking about, like on, on these things, the Q&A chat thing. Someone typed in, how did you sort of cultivate your personal brand because they liked what they saw on Twitter? And I was like, well, oh, uh, well, it's just me. I, don't, I didn't cultivate or curate anything. Like what you see is what you get. And uh, I don't have time to pretend to be something else. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's true. I mean, no, I I mean, I think I meant on the basis a lot of the a lot of the graduates and and they're not just graduates I'm talking to, but I've tried to zoom with quite a lot of them and some of them on a regular basis, and I think a lot of them talk about 
well everyone's like really busy and it's really you know it's get, it kind of gets to me because i can you know everyone looks like they're you know they're they're okay and they're, they're dealing with everything and people are really busy and i'm not and you know i can see how that you know can affect people i think i'm often quite busy and then i go online and i see a myriad of awesome posts and people like yourself who you know are helping others sharing stuff and tagging them in posts and it's it's you know it's inspiring but what's your what's your secret is there a potion and can we buy it off amazon or other distributors do you know what i think it's just that i love my job like i love my job and i if anyone wants to be a copywriter then i'll do what i can to help them be one because i want them to have a job that they love too and all the extracurricular stuff I do doesn't feel like a chore because it's all connected to my job. So I love that as well. I love talking, this, I know this sounds really narrow-minded, but I love talking to people about advertising, about a good line in some copy. Um, I love hearing what other people are up to. I love reading in all the industry press, who's, who's done what, who's gone where. Uh, yeah, I mean, for example, my my wife thinks I'm a bit mental because I do things like this. She's like, don't you just want to switch off? I'm like, but I like doing this kind of stuff. I get to speak to people who I know or get to know. And yeah, my husband says the same. He says, you 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 work in advertising. You read books about advertising. You listen to talks or watch talks about advertising. Like, when are you doing anything else? <laughs> it's an interest, and as you say, you love you love doing what you do. And I I also agree in the fact that. You can't just do a job for job's sake. I mean, yes, money is obviously important and sometimes it does make part of the world go round, but I could, def- I could not go to work and not love what I do. No, I was just going to say, I think that's the luxury of a creative's job is that it starts off because you love being creative. It doesn't start off because you want to be creative. You already are. So you get to do the thing that you like for money. When did you first realise that copywriting was your thing? Was there a hallelujah moment or was it just a a progression of you love writing, you love reading, you love all that kind of stuff? Um, Copywriting, okay, so everyone says this. I didn't know what it was. No one knows what copywriting is. Even now people don't really, like, you know, people that you actually work with don't get it. Um, But, yes, what what you were saying, I loved reading and writing and I loved magazines. And so I thought that must mean I wanted to be a journalist. So um, I wrote to the editor of Vogue and told her, it was Alexandra Shulman at the time, um, and I just thought it was that easy to get a job. You just write to one of the most important people in British publishing and they'll go, yeah, sure. Um, Obviously, I didn't hear back. Um, So I didn't know what to do with myself. I I failed my A-levels. I never had any intention of going to university anyway. So I just had to go straight out to work and earn money and work it out as I went along. Um, So I got a couple of jobs as, you know, receptionist here and office assistant assistant there. And after jumping three times, I landed in a, by pure coincidence, I had no idea what it was or what they did. I landed an office assistant job in a direct marketing agency, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and it was so tiny. There were five people and, you know, I answered the phone and stuff, but I had an eye on the creative director who was writing what I thought were adverts. They were reader offers. So, you know, they had a coupon. There was a slight difference. 
And so just one day after I'd been there for, I don't know, six months or so, I said, can I write one of those? I just knew I could write. I just like, yeah. So I always say to people, if you don't ask, you don't get what's the worst that can happen. So I asked if I could write a reader offer. He thought that was hilarious because I'd never written anything before, but he said yes. And because it was um, direct mail, you could, uh, what's the, you could count the responses. That's not the word I meant, but it's late for me. Um, and it performed really well. And so I got to write more and more and more and more and considered myself a copywriter. So um, I got lucky, very lucky. Um, but after being there for two and a half years, straight from college, so I'm now 20, 21, I had a really bad car accident and then thought, oh, life's short. I've gone straight from school to working and maybe I need to see some of the world. So I went traveling for a year and a half. And when I came back, I thought, yeah, I get a job in advertising. I'm a copywriter. I had no idea. I I didn't even know ad school existed. Um, So I had no idea that you needed a book and connections help. So I'm going to all these creative recruitment agencies and I'm going, yeah, copywriter ad agency, hit me up. And they're like, who are you? Don't know who you are. You haven't done anything. Never heard of the agency that you used to work at. You've done reader offers, which people think are boring. Um, I mean, my first one was in camping and caravanning magazine, but I mean, I thought I'd made it. I was happy. Um, Anyway, um, I ended up going backwards and I got an office assistant or PA job at the body shop. It was the only thing I could get. And I just did the same thing. I worked there for a couple of months. I fucked up the diary of the woman I was working for because like that just wasn't my thing. And um, I said to her, she was like, you know, what's going on? What do you want to do? And I said, I really want to write something. I really want to write stuff. So she gave me some work that the creator, the in-house creative studio had done that she wasn't happy with. Um, she was the product director, by the way. And, uh, and I rewrote it and she loved it. And she moved me straight into the, the creative studio. So there's, there's other bits and bobs in there, but that's the gist of it. That's how I got into copywriting and yeah, been a copywriter, fully fledged copywriter ever since. Were you, were you writing like in your spare time through those kind of like when you were working at a direct marketing place or while you went off traveling, was it, was it something you did or is it just something that was inside you? I mean, was it something you just kept churning stuff out in a journal or, or wrote? No, not at all. No, I, um, I don't write anything outside of the day job. I only write for money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm slightly joking. I, I, yeah, I, I write, um, I love writing copy. I don't like writing long copy. So I don't write, you know, I don't have dreams of writing a book, for example. Mm. I do contribute to industry press. I write articles, but it has to be when it's something that's falling out of me. I can't just go and, you know, Mm. go away for the weekend and just come up with something. Like (laughs) I need a brief and I need to write a five word headline and I'm happy. (laughs) Well, I suppose also as well, Every, everything you do around that time so the build-up to you sitting down and writing is about you absorbing stuff from the world right whether it's magazines or newspapers or films or copy on your safari yeah. tours or it's it, you're like I, I'm I feel like I'm my, my my wife often says to me about you know sometimes I'll disappear and take the dog for a walk for two hours during the day she's like I thought you said you're busy I'm like I am fucking busy like it's up here like it's in my head <laughs> Like I'm always working. Yeah. I dream about work. It's 
not in a good way sometimes yeah. it's just it's it's all consuming but it then when you need to sit down and do it is that kind of the same for you exactly the same um it's it's a 24 7 thing but that's that's what we were saying before like you do the job because you're creative mm. it's not the other way around so everything i'm doing is feeding and oh like i read lots not as much as i would like actually I, I watch more tv than i read but that's because after a day of writing i don't want to then read it's hard to concentrate on the words but you know i'll watch tv and just one someone will say something in a program and that'll be like all right i've got to write that down it drives my husband mad because i'm forever like you know wait pause i need to go and make a note because i won't <laughs> remember it otherwise but yeah you are always on but that's part of the fun i think yeah. some people don't like that and they want to switch off but I think if you've got a creative mind, firstly, you shouldn't want it to switch off. And secondly, you can't. But do you have a guilty pleasure? Oh, so I told you that I can't lie. So I'm about to tell oh, you. This is going to be good. Embarrassing. She reads porno magazines. I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, well, okay. Okay. Steve, you were like, Stephanie, your face. And Steve, you were like speechless. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, I mean, my 14-year-old stepdaughter uh, wanted to watch it the other day and I just refused. <laughs> Why I say refused, I was like, mm, really? I've I think watching look, other people's lives. But, yeah, I mean, each your own, you're allowed a guilty pleasure. I know. Well, I don't actually like reality TV. I'd much rather watch a drama that's a story that's been created and I like to think about how it's been scripted and how the set's been done and, and I love all of that. But every Sunday an hour my mind turns off while these people just do stuff in my face which sounds terrible <laughs> but they don't have real minds so it's kind of <laughs> it sounds like a strip club but um yes yeah. I, yeah. I, cool. I get it I get it I'm coming across well but yeah I'm just looking at it that's how I describe it and sometimes if I've had a really hectic day I'll say to my husband don't talk to me I just need to look at the TV and that means nothing's really going in I'm just you know powering down you're listening to Shout Out to Help Out with myself, Steve Price, and Stephanie Tyler, and we're talking to the very lovely copy chief extraordinaire, Vicky Ross. You're on mute. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, it's seamless. It's a good job we edit this. So you've been talking about dedicating some of your time to the Kardashians on a Sunday, but you dedicate yourself to setting up these really worthwhile events, really worthy events, and unite people who might otherwise spend a lot of their time behind a screen and a Twitter handle. Right, Copywriters Unite. I set that up because, in my experience, copywriters often work alone, unfortunately, um, and that's in agency, in-house, freelance. Uh, they're by themselves. They often don't have a head of copy to report into who will develop them and support them and, and just, you know, have their back. And a creative director is often from an art background, not copy. So, so I started Copywriters Unite so that on Twitter we could at least find each other and chat and, you know, have in-jokes like, oh, the client wouldn't let me start a sentence with and, and, you know, just stuff that you would turn to a colleague and talk about. But I use Twitter for that. I guess people just needed it because, I mean, people use it all day, every day without fail. And I can't remember after how long, like a year or so after creating it, 
someone said the dreaded words, let's meet in real life. And I freaked out because that was not my intention. Um, it was meant to be a thing that lived on social media. The thought of going out and meeting strangers is scary to most people. So I ignored the requests for a little while. But a friend um, of mine who is, um, well, he, he was one of the UK's leading copywriters, Andy Maslin. He is now a successful um, crime uh, fiction author. I couldn't work out how to get those words out in the right way around. Um, he um, was braver than me and he said, right, I'm going to arrange it. And so he arranged it in a bar in Covent Garden and five people turned up, like you said in your intro. And I thought, um, oh gosh, that's embarrassing. But we all had such a great time. Like we had so much in common, obviously, and so much to talk about. And I think because I organized the next one not long after and about 30 or 40 people turned up. And I think maybe other people were also scared about the first one. So it took five of us just to test it. And they've been so successful because people haven't just made friends, but they've made like they found collaborators and, and work partners. They found mentors. Sometimes creative directors come uh, because they're looking to hire a copywriter. So people get jobs. So it's so good. I think also there's no agenda to it. It's just drinks in a pub. You don't buy a ticket. There's no speakers. I have no um, ulterior motive. Um, I just want everyone to have a good time. And because they've got so popular, people have contacted me asking if they can host them around the country and then the world. And, you know, when we're not in lockdown, it is, it's ongoing. It's every month, there's at least one night in a pub. And and like people take photos and put them on Twitter and I sit at home in bed looking at them all and I just fucking love it it's so nice oh that's brilliant do you think you're happiest being the driver the captain or the passenger in this instance yeah I mean I love going and and seeing everybody so I always host the London ones I think I've only missed one in the last four years because I was ill but otherwise I always go Uh, according to my sources or source (laughs) Beyond uh, long, lovely walks around your hometown of Landon, uh, you love shit TV, which we've already covered. And, uh, and not you don't feel ashamed about admitting it, obviously. Hashtag Kardashians. Uh, and um, apparently, apparently you love uh, shit Christmas movies and not the kind of like really shit ones, the really bad ones that go straight to VHS. So is there anything else we've missed out that goes into the makeup of Vicky Ross? Yes, there is one thing, but I'm going to come back to it because your source is my husband, right? You, When you asked me for his details, I thought it was because you were interested in him, not because you were sneaking around my back. I can't reveal my sources. Never trust Steve the Knobhead Price. But you know what? I kind of like it. No one's done that before. And I think he kind of liked it too because he was all like, ah, I, yeah, like he knew something that I didn't know. Anyway, you've just, uh, now I know. I just interject just to defend myself. I don't reveal my sources. I was interested <laughs> in who your husband was because I'd heard you mention him but never talk about him. Um, and then when you told me and I picked his profile, I was like, holy fuck, he does like this for a living and is a professional and works on some of my favorite podcasts. Yes, I want to fucking talk to him. Just so happened that I was like, I've got a couple of questions. Oh, I've revealed my source. I've got a couple of questions that I think might be funny to get a bit of insight. So that's what I did. And he was very lovely. Um, yes, he is very lovely and he does have a very cool job. Now, in answer to your question, Uh, So the one thing that was missing was travel. I love to travel, even though I hate to fly, which I mentioned earlier. Um, I love seeing different countries and cultures. 
um, I get so much out of a change of scenery and learning differently. I'm going to slightly defend myself on the shit Christmas films. I'm not highly educated and I, I'm not hugely intelligent or culturally aware of highbrow things. I think to be an all-round creative, this sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, making excuses up, but my point is I don't read Shakespeare. I don't read fancy art books. Um, I, I engage in real stuff because the people I'm talking to engage in real stuff. You know, the thing, my copywriting style, which suits my clients, is conversational and everyday because the people I'm talking to are just regular people that also just watch TV uh, and do regular things. You have to try and get everything from as many sources as possible. That's how I feel about what I do. It's not that dissimilar to what you do in that if I just sat on Twitter all day or, or social media in general, I think you become very transfixed on like a polarised view of the world. No, it's really important. I remember going to a talk with John Hegarty where he said he's probably the only man in advertising who reads the Financial Times. And that means he'll have a different perspective on things. He said, even though he doesn't really understand all of it, he'll have a different perspective to the next person in the room because they probably don't read the Financial Times. Do you think you're an extrovert or an introvert, naturally? Um, what advice do you have for those listening, particularly the introverts, or perhaps some advice for the more extroverts who might want to rein their neck in a bit? <laughs> Um, I think I'm a bit of both and it just depends how I'm feeling on the day. Like I don't like labels like that Myers-Briggs bullshit. I mean, I, I yeah, get really angry about that sort of thing. But um, I think I'm a bit of both and I think it changes by day, by year, by age. So I think when I was younger, um, probably socially, I was, you know, loud and, and uh, extroverted. And But as I got older... You care, you care less about a lot of things as you get older. It's one of the beauties of getting older. And, and I know more people um, through networking eventually. So, you know, I would welcome going out now and, and seeing people. I don't have a problem with walking into a pub by myself. So if ever when I'm arranging a Copyrights Unite night and someone messages me beforehand and says, it's my first time, you know, I'm coming by myself, I'll be, I'm like, please don't worry because... I think everybody, unless you're weird, has a tendency to think that other people think things about you that they don't. The amount of times I've gone to those kind of events and whether I've known people or not, particularly if I don't know anyone there, oh my God, the amount of times I've pretended to be on the phone. <laughs> you're listening to Shout Out to Help Out with myself, Steve Price and Stephanie Tyler, and we're talking to the very lovely copy chief extraordinaire, Vicky Ross. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was a, a graduate uh, who uh, I've been talking to recently, a guy called Luke, who emailed me yesterday saying, you know, that there's a job at an agency that I've always wanted to work at. I love their work, but it's kind of more of an assistant studio manager. Should I go for it? And I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, go go there and make, let, make sure they know that you're obviously, you know, your passion is design. But you could learn a lot from learning how to, you know, how, how the actual business runs, what makes it tick how things are organized, like that's a massive learning curve that will, you know, stand you in good stead in the future. So absolutely go for that. Gosh, I wish that any designer I've ever worked with 
I love them all, by the way. I love you all. Um, had had an insight into project management, studio management, managing your time, scheduling, being aware of stuff just makes you so much more efficient. I massively agree with that. And to some extent, I did the same thing. I had PA and office assistant jobs in uh, in uh, the, the direct marketing agency and then in the body shop before moving into their in-house creative studio. And uh, I think just any way in is an in. I think what's missing in our agent in our industry is the apprenticeship program. I know we have placements and internships, but creatives go from ad school to an internship and expect to make an ad that week. Like that that should still be the learning process. You you're still learning. Now you're in the agency, you're learning who does what and how it all works. So enjoy the ride you've got your whole career to make an ad just just you know embrace it I think um lots of people are really quick to want to get work out and of course I get that it's exciting but also so is learning about everything that goes around it and and within it and I think um sometimes people want to go straight from ad school to freelancing which I think is crazy. And I know this year is an anomaly and like we can't pick and choose what we want to do. And if there's a freelance gig going, just take it because that's a learning as well. But if you can get a job first and learn who does what and how it works and also make connections and build up a contacts book, that will then support your freelance career because if you don't know anyone how are you going to get any work you're just going to rely on recruiters and i'm afraid you cannot rely on recruiters it's it's almost it's almost like you've read our script not that there is a script i mean this is all like totally uninformed informal chats isn't it but um i i do uh, have well my next question was basically um i don't know if it is a question as mayor angelou like once wrote uh, it's my favorite quote uh, i've learned that people will forget what you said People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how they made you feel. I know that you um, sometimes with all of your volunteer kind of mentoring and stuff uh, have struggled um, as I've, I recently with, with some individuals and it's, um, it can be a bit challenging. Would that be a polite way of putting it? Yeah. And look, I don't want to put myself over as um, fucking mother Teresa, like none of us are perfect. And and so my real talk to people I mentor is I, I know I can be annoying because I would do anything that I could to get the job that I wanted. And it wouldn't seem like a chore to me because it's all part of the gig. Like if you don't enjoy the gig getting into it, you're not going to enjoy it when you've actually got it. So I do often, I just text one of my mentors last night and I said, I've tagged you in a load of stuff on Twitter. There's loads of stuff going on. Tell me to fuck off <laughs> if it's too much because, you know, not everyone has the same approach to work. I'm, I will sit up and, and like we've established, I will spend my whole day and night doing work related things. Other people don't want to do that and they want to take a break. And so I always say, just be honest with me. I'll always be honest with you. If I'm annoying, tell me, but you've come to me for help and this is how I operate. I will like make anything happen that I can for you. And a lot of people uh, either don't have that same energy uh, uh, or they just don't appreciate it or they, or they get exasperated. Um, 
and 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 my my sort of urgency with them is this is a competitive industry so many people want the same job so many people want to work in the same place what what makes you different what's going to get you the job just applying to a job advert will not necessarily get you the job putting the work in and making yourself known and doing extracurricular stuff and showing an interest and letting people find out who you are that takes a lot of effort and energy and it can feel demotivating if you're not getting anywhere but you have to keep doing it that is going to get you what you want and then you'll be so rewarded because you work so hard for it and I think it, it can be because so much of my life is my job or things related to my job, I can get really disappointed when people don't feel the same way that I do, which I know is unfair because everyone's different. But there's a spectrum of people, right? There's some people that are like, no, Vicky, like hit me with it. I'll do whatever you say. I like, I, I, I want it. I will work hard. I'm not afraid of hard work. And there are other people and I'm, I'm contacted like at least twice a day by somebody telling me they're interested in copywriting. How do they get in? And I'll send them a whole long, you know, I'll take ages. Well, this is how I did it. This is what you should do. This is who you can write to. This is how you can find out where their email addresses are. And sometimes people don't reply. And so, you know, it's, that's like an easy, that's a shortcut. Cause you're like, right, they don't want it. So I'm not following up on that or, you know, not even a thank you. Um, so yeah, it's an easy sort of, um, uh, elimination process. So the ones that are like, tell me more, then I'm like, okay, let's do this. Um, but yeah, it's the ones that just want overnight success. I just think you're not being realistic and it, and it shouldn't, you shouldn't be tired. You haven't started yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I won't, I won't, I won't go into detail as, as much as I was going to, but, um, uh, I think I told you about the experience I had, but I think my, my, my theory of, of what I kind of have always named like the five percenters has kind of reigned true you know, out of the 160, I think it is, graduates now that have contacted me with a shout out to help out, whose work I've shared all of their work. Um, I've Zoomed with as many as I can. I think there's about 60 that I've, you know, that I've talked to. But out of all of that, there's about eight of them, about 5% have stayed in touch, have continued to be motivated, have started conversations with me, They've done all the things I mentioned to them in the first meeting that they should do. I've to mm. all of the ones I've spoken to, I've said, now that we're connected on LinkedIn, go and look at all of my contacts, compare it with your list. If you've got one and you should have one. And if there's anybody in there that I can introduce you to, if I know them well, I will do that. And it's the let 5% of them or less are the ones that have come back on. Oh, actually I've, I've seen that, you know, so-and-so is it possible? And I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Welcome back. You're listening to Shout Out to Help Out. We're joined by the legendary copywriter, speaker and mentor, Vicky Ross, talking about the creative industry, graduates and dealing with the fallout of COVID-19. One of the one of the clients whose job I posted and tagged some graduates in, she and I were talking because nobody had got back to her. And we were like, I was like, fuck me, I'd have bitten someone's hand off. Like, we didn't have social media when I graduated. We had to send letters out and CVs and hope. <laughs> Um, I don't know yeah. what's worse. I'm not saying social media is better, but at least you've got a sense of, you know, having contact directly with someone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I kind of drop those into conversations with them as a kind of a test. 
my build-up to the question is, who do you think is responsible? Is it the graduates, the universities, the secondary education, the parents? Is it all of them, none of them? I don't know. I think um, I saw someone tweet something similar to this yesterday. I think that uh, I didn't go to university, so I don't know what's taught there. Um, but from what I understand, people don't get life lessons. Nope. And I guess you could argue, well, that's for you to work out or your parents to give you or your siblings. I don't know. But no one tells you how to apply for a job or get a job as far as I understand. So when someone comes to me and I'm like, Google so-and-so's, you know, find the name, email them, it's fine. And I'm like, you know, that sounds easy to me. Maybe that's so alien to somebody else that because they've just never been presented with that idea before. There's, uh, I think there was one of the graduates who's, I think, work you shared, who'd got the, is it Moon Time? I forget. Yes, um, you, it really you shared project. it with me first. Yeah, and because and I, I said to her, and, and she's not alone, there's been quite a few of them, you know, who I've said to them, look, actually, have you thought about going and finding brands that might like this or shops that might like it? Because they all have product managers or they have you know, CMOs or people that are looking for new products. And, and th there's a kind of a sense where the, you see this kind of light bulb go on and there's like a, I hadn't thought about that. And you think, how is nobody at university sitting down with these guys? Maybe they did and they didn't turn up, but how are they not sitting down with them just for half an hour going, right, here's how you can approach it. Yeah, I think that um, everybody should help everybody in whatever way they can. But I also think that you know, if you sat down and had a think yourself, you could work stuff out like I did. Mm. And, and like you, um, you said you're 44, we're the same age. So I, I didn't have social media when I was trying to get a job. Um, when I was looking to leave the body shop, I had no idea where to go or how to do it. So I signed up to, and this was my idea, no one told me to do it. And when I say it out loud, it's not even gonna sound that groundbreaking, it's not. I signed up to a load of um, retail sites so I thought I wanted to stay in beauty. Um, so Space NK and Estee Lauder and Clarins and all of them. I signed up to all their customer email newsletters so that I knew what they were selling mm. or what was new or what their latest campaign was. And then I used whatever information I received that was of interest to then contact somebody. So I remember um, Space NK sent an email out and it had a typo in it. And so I looked up whoever the marketing or creative person was, I can't remember now, and I said, oh, this is embarrassing. You know, it may be a bit leery, but it was just a way, right? It was just an idea. Yeah. I said, this is embarrassing. You've got a typo in your email newsletter. I'm a copywriter. I'm looking for work. If you ever need someone to write who can spell, then <laughs> let me know. And they replied. Yeah. And I guess it's just... But that is a prime example of mm. being yourself. Yeah, I guess. And maybe people think too much about not being themselves and that there's a there's an official way. It's a bit like um, some creatives think there's got to be a formula to all this and there's a right or a wrong answer. And there isn't. I think I think that's a good point, Stephanie. Just be yourself. Like, how would you want to be approached if you were hiring? Yeah. Or what feels right and natural and comfortable to you when you're applying for something? Like a guy I saw a couple of weeks ago, he applied for a copywriter job at Lego well, like, I think if I was applying for a copywriter job at Lego, I would just write my CV out and send it. He, a copywriter, 
I don't know him actually, so I don't want to belittle his skills. Maybe he's an incredible art director on the side, but he recreated one of their campaigns and put himself in it and sent it as an application. I mean, that's going to make you stand out. Mm -hmm. And that was his idea. I'm a sucker for anyone that goes the extra mile to, I think, especially in this industry to get noticed, like, you know, there's that, um, there's that tweet that's going around at the moment with the team that have hijacked uh, creative agencies' TikTok accounts. Yeah, I've seen that. And, I mean, they've got so much attention. They've, you know, someone, they're going to get a job just because they've made themselves known. Even if it's not the best idea, people like to know that you give a shit and that you've worked on something and that you're not afraid of hard work and that you'll do what you can to get something. Welcome to a segment we like to call Power of Three. Here we hand over the airwaves to our guest. One minute per item, three minutes in total. No more, no less, no exceptions. After 60 seconds, you'll hear this sound. Next! Meaning you must move on. When your three minutes is up, you'll hear this sound. Shut it! Time now, then, to hand over to our referee and timekeeper, Miss Stephanie Tyler. So... Um, Vicky, you, I guess you understand the power of three and the concept behind it. You've been sent the instructions. Can we just start yeah. again? Sorry. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to do the timer. Yeah, sure. Because I always fuck it up. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, you don't. I... Um, as you know, you have three minutes. And your first minute starts now. Uh, so my power of three is three pieces of advice to graduates or people seeking a new job. Um, my first one is do the work to get the work. So, I mean, all of these things we've really touched on before, um, but it's just not enough to apply to an ad uh, for a job with your CV and your portfolio or expect recruitment agents to do the work for you. They, they're like a machine. You want someone that gives a shit and you're the one that gives the biggest shit about yourself. So just take it into your own hands and try and make stuff happen for yourself. So um, look around and see who's doing what and work out, like if you don't look around and see who's doing what, how do you know where you want to go or what work you want to do? Um, so just put a bit of effort into your research. It's it's part of the fun. It should be enjoyable. If it's not fun and enjoyable now, then it certainly won't be when you're having to do it, you know, late and at weekends. Not that I condone that, by the way. Um, yeah. Okay, that was good, wasn't it? Bang on. Next! Um, you are the product and the recruiter is the audience. Um, disclaimer, when I say recruiter, I don't mean recruitment agent. I mean the person hiring you, whoever that is. Um, so treat looking for a job as if you're answering a brief. Know how to sell yourself and how to be relevant to your audience because your audience might change. Um, you know, if you're writing to a design agency about yourself, you might pitch yourself slightly differently to how you would pitch yourself if you were writing to an advertising agency. So always just keep refreshing the, the, the stuff that you put out there that's about yourself. Um, and it should all be part of the fun. And each time you change it, you're going to learn something new about yourself or a new way of doing things that was better than the last time. So you're always improving. Is that within time? Okay, good. (laughs) Um, When you're lucky to get an interview, please don't go thinking that you 
are being judged. You are being judged, but you're also the judge. You're, you're interviewing the person interviewing you as much as they're interviewing them. Just because they've invited you in for an interview doesn't mean they have the final say. You have to know that you're going to like working there and for them or whoever it is that you'd be working for. This is all getting a bit waffly. But my point is, it's a two-way street. And just because someone offers you a job doesn't mean you have to take it or that you're going to like it. going to be an awkward 30 seconds still 30 seconds um so yeah just don't be passive about the whole thing like you're in control as well this is a long minute um shall i sing a song shut it yeah yeah no that's all right we we can edit there it's fine don't okay. worry no one oh you should have offered <laughs> no one... love a little sing song that could have been our jingle <laughs> could have been our jingle vicky ross 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 who writes all the goss in the no. Shut it! Uh, I think we've all learned a valuable lesson today. Um, copy safari is a thing. Love your job because it's 24-7. You do it well and you love it. It's okay to watch the Kardashians. Um, do the work to get the work. Know your audience and... Most importantly of all, refresh yourself and your message a bit like a browser window and you don't want people to see you looking at porn. That's it. So long. Farewell. Avida Zane. Good night. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight. So long. Farewell. Avida Zane. Adieu. 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 To you and you and you. So long. Farewell. Au revoir. Avida Zane. That's our show. Uh, thanks to Vicky Ross. <laughs> I'd like to say thank you to you two for giving up your time to help others. Uh, to my co-host, Stephanie Tyler. Thank you much, Lee, and Toodle Pip, guys. And last but not least, to you, our listeners, and you over there. Yes, you in the corner, our future sponsor. Thank you very much in advance. Uh, catch this and more episodes on our website, shoutoutthehelpout.org, once it's live. And if you would like to be a guest, email us, team at shoutouttohelpout.org. Be safe, be well, be gone. Bye-bye. <laughs>